It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.07 on a Saturday morning, and we're broadcasting live this morning from Hearthside Sugarloaf, a great 62 and better uh, retirement. We call it retirement, just a living space right here for folks who are 62 years old and better. They have gardens. They've got all sorts of things that make it really, really nice to live here. A salon, barbershop. They have a veranda and a grill, an art studio, laundry room, just everything you need. And if you're thinking about your parents might want to come down and live next to the kids or the grandkids, Hearthside Sugarloaf would be a great place to come and investigate and see if that works for you. Of course, coming in, we've got gardeners who brought samples in. My friend Gene Hutchison from the Dahlia Society is here. And I asked Gene to join us a little bit to talk about the tuber sale, the tuber auction that comes up this coming week. Is that right? Next This Monday, Monday at, night, 730. At where? At the uh, Georgia, uh, at the Atlanta Botanical Garden. Yeah. Uh, you park in the back, go inside, and walk to the original entrance downstairs right. in the sure. education room, a teaching room, and we'll have uh, hundreds of dahlia tubers. They're tubers, not bulbs. They're right. like a little sweet potato. We'll auction off the uh, sizes that are the largest, the 12-inch double A's and A's, and then the smaller ones are all up for sale for $3 a piece. Wow. There'll be, uh, most, most of these are grown here in the Atlanta area by members who donate them in uh, to raise money for the society for our picnics and our meetings and, and the prize money for the shows that we have. So if you've ever admired a dahlia, if you've mm-hmm. ever thought, boy, that is the prettiest flower in the whole wide world, which Gene, I believe, believes, um, because I've seen him come in with <clears throat> dahlia flowers as big as a basketball is what they look like. <laughs> so if you want to come and join the auction for some of the big tubers or the big flowered uh, dahlias, that'd be fine too. But the smaller ones would just be sold for a couple of dollars there. And if you like dahlias, this is a great place to get a great bargain. So how much would an auction do? The people just go into the hundreds and thousands of dollars, or is it No, these, these are not like that. <laughs> uh, the highest, I guess, I've heard is some are 10 or $11 Ooh. for some of the double. And we have a, 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 a man, uh, John Kreiner, will have a slide projector and, and throw up pictures oh, of them so okay. you can see what they'll look like. Right. And if you join the society and go through the meetings, you'll learn how to grow them and to uh, to pinch them and train them so that you do get the larger sizes by, uh, you know, uh, working with well, the plant. Let, let me ask you this, Gene. Maddie Barcelona, she's yep. a teenager, she's oh, one of your stalwart members <laughs> of the Daddy Society. She came to one of the broadcasts, uh, remote broadcasts at Pike Nursery a couple of weeks ago, and somebody asked her, because I said to the audience, I said, now here's the Daddy expert, <laughs> talk to Maddie if you have a question. And so they asked her, is it necessary to dig them up every winter? And do you think it's necessary to dig them up or not? It, it's not. Uh, the biggest trouble you may have is if you've got them in a low spot mm-hmm. and they rot over the winter, um, <laughs> even last winter some of these winters that have been very cold i've left them in the ground but covered them with pine straw and they've survived fine uh one of the biggest problems for somebody like me is i have voles oh voles will eat them up and but i grow them in gallon cans that i punch holes in and they make it fine except during the winter sometimes the voles learn to go over the top of the can (laughs) down into it because you've got it covered with mulch right so that's the biggest trouble you'll run into uh, in the winter. But 
I had an old maid aunt who's had one for years and years and years and, and never touched it. And it just, they, you don't get the, the size of the bloom. We dig them up because we want to propagate them and, and uh, use them for sale. And also, for a lot of the members, it's a competition to get on the yeah, head table sure. to get that biggest one. It's like the big pumpkin when you only grow one <laughs> pumpkin on the vine or the big tomato that's yeah, huge yeah, and yeah. you pinch them off. So you do the same thing with the Dahlia plant to, to work on getting a, the biggest bloom. Uh, if you just want blooms for cutting a look, just let them run. Let them run. Done. All right. So, again, the Dahlia tuber auction and sale. Coming up this coming from Monday. Monday at, night at 7.30, Botanical Garden. Atlanta Botanical Garden. For more details, the what's the name of your Georgia Dahlia Society. Dot com. Dot com. Georgia Dahlia Society. Gene, it's great talking to you. Thanks for coming around. We have uh, other people on the line. No Dahlia questions right now, but uh, Tom in Atlanta has a question about his oak tree is losing all of its leaves. Hey, Tom, good morning. Morning, Walter. How are you? I'm doing fine, Tom. How can I help? I've got three massive white oaks in my backyard that I love. And um, the lower branches, the leaves are shriveling and starting to drop, and they've got, they're covered with brown spots. Yeah. And Look and see. Uh, here's, here's what I want you to do, Tom. You're not the first cowboy to walk in and say, boy, all the leaves on my oaks have all these spots on them. What is going on? Look online for pictures of a an insect, a gall, called the oak jumping gall. And they call it that because they make little spots on the leaves, they grow up and then they fall off of the oak tree. And some of them have a larvae inside that is just strong enough to jump around a little bit. It'll make them jump on the ground underneath the oak tree. And so they leave a spot on the leaf, and that's why I'm thinking what you have is the what's left over after the oak jumping gall falls off of the oak tree. But if you go online and look for pictures, see if that is what you have, because there have been so many people who sent me pictures on my website, and I look at them, and that's exactly what they have, is oak jumping gall. So what do I do about it? Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> like it's most... It's dropping, the, the backs of the leaves are dropping like these little grains where the... the yeah. So that's, that's it, huh? I bet you it's oak jumping gall. This is the time of year, Tom, that galls on lots of plants show up and become real noticeable and visible. There's spindle gall on maples. There's eye spot gall on maples. There's, uh, uh, there's azalea leaf gall and camellia leaf gall. And some are caused by fungi, some are caused by insects. But the reasoning behind a gall's little tiny brain, and many of them are caused by insects who bore into and cause you know, the flesh of a leaf or a twig to grow over them. But they don't want to hurt their host. These gall-making insects and gall-making fungi do not want their host to die because then they themselves can't live. And so they don't do much damage at all. They just use the leaf or the other part of the plant to, uh, to grow for a little while and then drop off or hatch or do whatever the life cycle of that particular fungi or, or insect is. But that's, again, what I think you have is the jumping oak gall. So do you think these will leave back out later in the season? Or? Some leaves will reappear and it'll be green again. Some may not, but I don't think the whole tree is going to die by any stretch of the imagination. Well, that's great news. Yeah, that's the great news. Nothing happening, just the sort of irritation of those little seed things coming out of the tree, but that's about it. Thank you, Walter. You bet, Tom. Hey, man, thanks for calling. Kristen is in Jefferson, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Kristen, good morning. Hey, good morning. What can I do I for you, got, Kristen? Well, I've got gardenias, and they are sitting, well, they're yellowing and then browning, and the leaves are falling off, and my stems now look like they're burned up. Yeah. And I don't Go. know if they're dead now and should just get rid of them, or if I can bring them back to life. 
Are there any green leaves at all on the plant? Yes. And are they out of the tips? Are they out of the tips of the limbs, tips of the branches? Is that where the green leaves are? Yes. What I think you have is pretty common for gardenias, magnolias, um, where else do I say it? Azaleas sometimes. And I don't have a good word for describing other than the interior leaves turn yellow and fall off and the ends of the branch leaves turn green and stay on the plant. So this just spring yellowing, spring leaf drop, spring something or other phenomenon that I don't have a name for. It's possible that's what's going on. And gardenias, if they're not perfectly healthy the year before, they did get fertilized or they got a little dry or something like that. It seems to me are more prone to drop these yellow leaves and have the interior ones to fall out. But it's possible that it's just one of those phenomenon that's not a lot you can do about it right now other than wait and see if it doesn't leaf out again during, the, during June and July. Okay, so I should keep them in the ground. Should I cut them back some? Because the ones that have the green leaves on the tips, like it's only three or four green leaves and, you know, four good sprouts on it, the, right. the stems, but two of them don't have anything. So should I cut those yeah. back and hope that they come back? And then I've got some that have no green leaves on them, and the tips of those look like they're, they've been torched. You, the torched ones would have less chance of surviving than the ones that have a little bit of green leaf on them. But one of the things you can do, Kristen, is take a, a dull kitchen knife and scrape on the bark and see if there's any green underneath the, that soft little barky area on the outside okay. of the stem. And if it has green, it always has a chance to re-sprout. So don't cut away branches that have a little bit of green underneath the knife scrape. Okay. Well, I have lamb's ear planted right near them, and the lamb's ear is growing really well, but Good. a lot of those leaves are yellowing as well. And I've pulled out the, um, you know, the dead leaves that are in there. Right. I try right. and pull those out, but then the yellow ones, and I didn't know if it was the same thing because the gardenia leaves yellow and then brown, and then that's what the lamb's ear is kind of doing. Yeah, I don't think there's any connection between the two of them. The lamb's ear and the gardenia don't have much biological connection to each other, so I don't think it's the same thing going on there. But i got to get out of here, Kristen. Thanks for calling. Bo has been waiting patiently for us from Bogart. Hey, Bo, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How you doing? I'm fine. Bo, how can I help? Walter, um, 49 years ago, as a 4-H project, I planted a hydrangea in Dodge County, Georgia. Last uh, few months ago, I was visiting. That hydrangea has just thrived. Great. I pulled one of the little offshoots and repotted it. And now I remember how tough it was for me to transition from Dodge County to Athens. And I need some uh, <laughs> advice with this hydrangea. So what's the question? You want to move it from? What do you want to do with it, Bo? Walter, I've got this thing in a pot, and it's got uh -huh. about four little leaves on it. And I want to get it established in Athens, and I want to do that in a way that, that, that might make it work. All right. I think that's easy. Do you Have you at all taken it out of the pot just to look at the roots to see if there's anything, if they have good white roots on them right now, or have you done that yet? I have not. <clears throat> I will bet you, if it has new leaves coming on it, I will bet you that it has great, nice little you know, carrot-like roots that are in the soil. And if that's the case, you can pretty much plant it anywhere, but be real careful about watering. And I have two little hydrangeas that are barely eight inches tall right now that I propagated from cuttings. And they're in a place that gets probably more sun than they really like. And so every afternoon I go out and water them just a little bit to make sure they don't lack for water. 
So if you have good roots, you can plant it in a permanent spot. If you don't have good roots on a bow, I might put it in a little nurse bed that gets mostly bright shade during the day and doesn't, uh, doesn't burn up in the afternoon because I think that would be a fine place to, to let it grow for another year and then move it to its permanent place after that. That's what I think I'd do. So it just depends on how good the root system is. Good roots, put them in the permanent place. Mm, sort of weak looking roots, not filling the pot up real well. That maybe needs to go to a nurse bed for the next uh, six or eight months and then we'll plant it in the permanent place after that. Bo, thanks for calling, but I got to get out of here. It's 819 at News Talk WSB. You're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. With a quick weather update from Ackerman Security, it's going to be a beautiful day. It's beautiful here this morning at Hearthside Sugarloaf. We're broadcasting live before an enthusiastic group of experienced gardeners. The, wake, the weather forecast for the day, partly cloudy, highs in the mid-80s, 20% chance of rain, maybe 30% chance getting later in the afternoon. And the same tonight, lows in the upper 60s. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. In the next half hour, Mickey Gasway will join us from Pike Nursery to let us know about what is the Pike pick for the weekend. And a reminder right now that if you are on Facebook, if you have a Facebook account, it would be a great idea to go to the Georgia Gardener Facebook fan page because I post all sorts of interesting information during the week about plants, about things that I see in the garden, about things you ought to do in your garden. And you might find it real beneficial for your gardening work if you like me. Just click on the like button on Facebook at the Georgia Gardener fan page and you get all these quick updates during the week that I have pictures and I send things off. We talked about galls earlier this week with pictures of the maple ice spot gall. If you're on Twitter, and I know some people are and some people aren't, but Twitter is a great other place that I post pictures and things. And if you go to my website at WalterReeves.com and just search one or two words in the search line, many times you can find articles that I've written about tomato diseases and how to grow peppers and what you need to do about lawns in the shade and uh, whether certain products are worth what they are saying in the advertisements or not. So all these things are available for free right there, WalterReeves.com, Twitter at WalterReeves, Facebook, Garden, Georgia Gardener fan page, and you get all the details you need. Our number is 404-872-0750. Looking forward to talking to Mickey Gasway and giving away the WSB McDonald's weekend prize back in the next half hour. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after news. Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.36 on a Saturday morning. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves at Georgia Garden. We're broadcasting live this morning from the Hearthside Sugarloaf facility for active adults. A bunch of gardeners here who have new garden plots outside. A couple of competitions going on as well. So they're going to see who can, build, who can grow the biggest tomato this summer. And they also to in, 
it's a beautiful landscape outside. Other gardeners have come in to bring me samples of things, wanting to know what to do with them. And you're welcome to join us. We'll be here till 9 o'clock this morning. This is 5600 Sugarloaf Parkway, Hearthside Sugarloaf Active Adult Community. Mickey Gasaway is with us this morning from Pike Nursery. Good morning, Mickey. Good morning, Walter. How are you? I'm missing you terribly because we've spent so many nice Saturdays together for the spring season. I know. I miss you, too. Well, I'm glad okay? to hear it. I'm doing fine. Thank you, Good. Manuel. It's nice outside. We don't have to wear our jackets or anything. It's a I nice Saturday it. morning. I'm sitting outside listening to the birds sing right now. I'm not yeah. working today. I'm not working until tomorrow. And it's wonderful. But I'm going to go in and check out my Customer Appreciation Day. So tell me more. What is Customer Appreciation Day? Well, it's a great thing. It's, there's a percentage off of everything. And we feed your, hand, we feed your lunch, hamburgers, and hot dogs. I think it's hamburgers and hot dogs. Anyway, um, so we feed you lunch, and um, it's going to be fun. This is at all the Pike Nurseries in Atlanta? Yes, at all the Pike Nurseries. And so beside that, what's our Pike pick for the weekend? What's something else people can buy? One of my favorite favorites are hydrangeas. So all the mop head and the oak leaf and every other kind of hydrangea? Mm Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite hydrangea? You know, the one that I have in the backyard right now, there's a... A um, Annabelle hydrangea is called Invincible, and Invincible has very, yeah, it has very stiff stems on it, and it just Uh makes these huge white flowers that fade sort of to a light green color, and then it goes to sort of an attractive tan color in the fall. I think that is a fabulous hydrangea, Invincible hydrangea. On the garden tour last year, um, last week we went to the uh, connoisseurs tour. There were so many of the um, uh, not Invincible. Annabelle's and so yeah. many of the oak leaves. Yeah. But I like all of them. I love all of them. So we have a I lot got of them. You know, while, you're, while we're asking that, I'm thinking of my other one that's my favorite hydrangea. It's called Preziosa. And I Preziosa don't with the red think, stems. Yeah, the red stems. It's a gorgeous looking hydrangea. I think they're breeding that into, because aren't you seeing those red stems and more and more things? And I'm sure yeah. it's a Preziosa yeah, yeah, yeah. cross. Seems yeah. to be the red stem. Just makes it more attractive. Oh, we used to have them. lady in blue, lady in red uh, hydrangeas that were on sale or for sale around here about five years ago. They yep. had the red stems on them. Well, we Great had place. some last week, the ones that were the, and I, I knew you were going to mention this. There was one that we had on sale last week. Was that one it was? No, it's the new Endless Summer that's uh-huh. got red stems. Wow. And I bet you it's a cross. But anyway. They're beautiful. Love them. And they're on sale. Pike pick the day. 20% off, I'm guessing, at all the Pike locations. That's right. So be sure to tell. But there's a great percentage off of everything. So come in and check it out. And we also need to remind people that in the next week, a couple of weeks from now, June the 6th and 7th, they'll have the Penny McHenry Hydrangea Festival in Douglasville. And they will really put on the dog for hydrangeas there. That's exactly right. It's beautiful. So be sure and come in. Hydrangeas are just the best. They really they are. Oh, and I like limelight. I think limelight's my favorite. And I like little lime because that, to me, just goes great beside a little Japanese maple I have in the backyard. All right, for for listeners right now who want to know the details, besides me and Mickey waxing poetic about our hydrangeas. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Plant nerd. That very well describes you and me. Uh But anyway, all hydrangeas on sale, 20% off today, plus a customer appreciation celebration where you get fed lunch. Today and tomorrow. The customer appreciation is today and tomorrow. Great deal. Mickey, again, I miss you terribly, but I get a Get out of here. We got five calls banked up here. We'll see you soon, Mickey. Bye bye.
404-872-0750 get you in Mickey's place in line. We got Chris and McDonough who's growing strawberries, but bad things are happening to his strawberries. Hey, Chris, good morning. Good morning, Mr. Fulcher. So what's I've, going on? I've got uh, an accidental strawberry patch. Um, I had one strawberry, and over the last two years, it's uh, grown and grown and grown, and it's pretty yeah. good size now. Um, but... And the strawberries are getting good, big, beautiful strawberries, but then I'm getting slugs and snails eating up inside of them. What can I do? There is no better way, I think, for an organic or even inorganic gardener to use for control of slugs and snails than using a saucer full of beer. Just put it into the ground, sort of mash it into the soil next to your uh, strawberry plant, pour uh, you know, there's enough beer to put a half-inch layer in the bottom of the saucer, and overnight you'll be astounded how many slugs and snails want to go smell and drink and end up drowned in that beer, and that is a fabulous way to control any slug-snail situation. Excellent. And it involves no pesticides, it involves nothing more than you going to... A, the grocery store and buying them, uh, you know, any kind of beer that you uh, see is fine as long as it's got a nice yeasty, hopsy kind of smell to it. It seems to attract all the snails and the slugs in the neighborhood, or at least in your flower bed or your strawberry bed. Thank you so much. It's great talking to you, Chris. Thanks for calling. 404, well, you know the number. Let's talk to Brian. Brian in uh, Fayetteville joins us. Hey, Brian. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Walter. How are you? I'm fine. How can I help, Brian? Uh, I'm about to move. And I currently live in a house that's got a whole lot of shade, and yeah. in that shade is a Japanese maple that's about four feet tall, and it's spread real wide. It's about four feet wide, too, and as far as I know, it's been there its whole life. And I'd like yeah. to bring it with me to the new house, and I'm wondering what I need to do to do that. I've never transplanted any trees before. Brian, my little marbles and gears in my brain are going round and round right now thinking... Four-foot-wide um, Japanese maple. He's trying to move it. He's never moved anything before. What I think you should do is leave it for the new owner of your house and get another Japanese maple at the new place. I know they're expensive. I know they're $90, $120 sometimes. But I can't guarantee you, and I think you'd be probably well-advised to leave this one alone, leave it in the ground, because I can just about predict what will happen. The leaves or the roots will get dry as you move it to your new place and the tree is going to look real raggedy for the first couple of three years and in those couple of three years you could have possibly bought another one a nice one from pike nursery and put that in place and be much more satisfied with it I, that's what i think you ought to do is leave it alone and not try to transplant it okay if you if you call me in october i might say yeah that's probably going to be successful brian but summertime or late springtime transplantation just ooh boy it's tough to get that plant to go through the summer when it's real hot and i just think it's easier to buy another one put it in the new place and be done with it that way gotcha yeah i don't want to kill it yeah let somebody else enjoy it you can tell, make it part of the amenities of the new house charge them extra for it that's what you do there you go okay thanks a lot walter i appreciate you it bet. you bet brian thanks for calling 404-872 gets you in, 404-872-0750 to take Brian's place. Rusty is out in Rockdale County in Conyers. Hey, Rusty, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you doing? I'm fine. How can I help? Yeah, I've got Jammer Zoysia uh, in my yard, Walter, and it's about four or five years old, and maybe I just don't have the patience, but part of the yard's <laughs> greened up real nice. The other part's spotty, still a little brown. Am I just a little early? Does it need to get a little bit warmer, or, you know, and my, you know, potential issues. 
let me think. I, I, I have in my neighborhood several people who have various kinds of zoysia lawns, and I, you know, as I drive past, sometimes I note them and think, somebody's going to call me and ask about zoysia lawn. And the guy down the street that has zoysia, I would say that it's still a little spotty. It's not fully greened up. So I guess my advice probably, Rusty, is to leave it alone for at least another week and see if it doesn't get a little denser, a little bit greener, a little bit deeper green on them. Have you fertilized yet, Rusty? Yeah, I've got a lawn company that comes out and does the annual, you know, the three or four or five times a year fertilization yeah. and treatment. Good. Right now we're fighting a little bit of weeds coming up, but they said it's just, you know, some normal stuff that everybody has. Uh, yeah. Fire, Firefox or fire something. Do um, you know when they fertilized last? About, probably about a month ago or less. Okay. Are they coming in pretty soon to put another application down? I have, um... I'll need to contact them to find out. They said that, you know, what the last thing they put down, you know, had a lot of nitrogen or had nitrogen yeah. to help grow. Yeah, yeah. It might need a little bit more fertilizer right now, Rusty, but I don't think you'd really gain a lot by, saying, by calling them out early and saying, come fertilize right this minute. I just think that maybe another week, week and a half, is going to make a lot of difference in zoysia lawn. So I'm going to incline towards saying leave it alone and let's wait and see what happens in the next 10 days. Okay. I understand that. Yeah, my wife says I need to grow a little patience. <laughs> uh, I keep saying that I'm going to have Pike you know, develop a little cardboard box with about a pound of sand in it. We'll call it patience. And I can say, you know, $5 gets a box of patience and apply that to your lawn, and that will do real well. One day, yeah. run day, that's my idea for making a million dollars. Patience in yeah. a box. I'll bring my pickup truck and pick up several boxes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for calling, Rusty. Appreciate the call. Thank you. You bet. Let's give away the weekend prize pack. We've got the WSB McDonald's weekend prize pack to give away today. Right now, Ashley Frasca thinking a number between two and seven to determine who wears, who wins a pair of tickets to see Barry Manilow in concert on June 4th at the Arena at Gwinnett Center, produced by AEG Live, plus a pair of tickets to see Air Supply in concert August 22nd at the Delta Classic Chastain concert, produced by ASO Presents. Ashley Frasca, what is our winning number today? Caller three. Caller number three to 404 740 If you're caller number three, you win our WSB McDonald's weekend prize pack. Ted is in Noonan and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Ted, good morning. Good morning. How are you today? I'm great, Ted. It's a beautiful day in Gwinnett County. I'll just have to tell you that. If it's not this pretty in Noonan, you need to come up here and get some sunshine. It's awesome outside. Oh, it's gorgeous. I've got a shady garden bed that's, uh, that's watered by a sprinkler system every day, about 15 yeah. minutes. And the azaleas are doing great in the back of it. But up front, I've got dwarf azaleas, and they don't grow well. They, they put out just a few leaves. Every spring, I get a few blossoms. But most of the year, they just look dead or, or, or really struggling. What can I do? Let me go back to the irrigation system, because what I heard was you said it waters every day for 15 minutes. Is that correct? Yes, sir. That is going to be part of any number of problems later on, if not right now. So if you can, let's fix that uh, irrigation on that zone to water maybe once or maybe twice a week and run for about 30 minutes each time. But trying to, if you get a cup or, or a can of... Uh, empty can of cat food or something like that you can put it in the area where it waters and see how much water is applied in a week and you ought to have for azaleas that are established maybe a half an inch to a quarter of an inch maybe but they certainly do not i think need to be watered as much as you're doing right now once a day seems way too much 
Okay, thank you. Wait, wait, wait. Now, let's go back to the azaleas. So tell me more about the azaleas and what they're doing that doesn't, doesn't please you very much. Well, the azaleas, uh, uh, the, the regular azaleas do great. They have a nice green color. The color ages normally during the course of the year. Right. Uh, I get two uh, batches of blossoms every year. They, they're fabulous. The, the dwarf azaleas are in front of them, closer to the sidewalk. And they have um, bare branches with straggly uh, leaves, and uh, they put out one set of blossoms that uh, generally appear at the end of the branch, and that's about it. Are they, are they watered the same with the, you know, every day for 15 minutes? They are. The same there's there's what's going on. I think you'd be well advised to let the soil dry out between waterings, and maybe even Ted dig them up and sort of reamend the soil. Put some uh, pea gravel or permatil or, or soil perfector, one of the real fast draining materials you can put into a clay soil, and make the soil drain faster. When I see azaleas, it looks sort of thin and not so good, like yours sound like they look. It's usually because of drainage. It's usually they're growing in clay soil. They just get a lot more water than they really want. Azaleas would like to dry out between waterings, and that, I think, is what's going on with the azaleas. They just get a little bit too much water, leading to other problems of fighting off diseases and causing leaf drop and other things like that. Let's work on drainage. Call me back in a couple of weeks. Let's see what happens with that. It's 849 at News Talk WSB. You're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Partly cloudy, beautiful afternoon. Highs in the mid-80s, 20% chance of rain, maybe, maybe 30% going overnight. Tonight, it's going to be in the upper 60s for the afternoon. We're broadcasting live this morning for these last couple of minutes at Hearthside Sugarloaf, a great active adult community. And uh, folks just wandered in with pictures of their cherry oak. Couldn't quite tell what kind of tree it was. But I see so many trees that are planted too deeply initially. And it may take five, it may take eight or nine years, but eventually the symptoms are all the same. The trunk has little vertical splits on it. It usually is within a foot, foot and a half, maybe of soil level. And once those splits occur, the bark starts peeling off of it. And the reason for this particular phenomenon seems to be that the tree was just planted about six inches too deep originally. It gets uh, various kinds of rocks and fungi that attack the base of the trunk. And then the whole thing dies and it loses lots of leaves and dies. And so that is what happens, it seems to me, with a lot of trees that have this particular phenomenon of being planted too deep. And I've encouraged the visitors here at, at uh, Hearthside at Sugarloaf, if they want to go to my website, just type in those two words, too deep. And you'll see a whole list of trees that have been planted too deeply, pictures of the bottom of the tree, those splits and everything that I see. And that is what I think goes on with a lot of trees that just seem to fail pretty suddenly after five or six years in the ground. It's been a great Saturday morning. Pat Tedeschi and Lorenzo Kemp kept me alive and kept me awake here at the Hearthside at Gwinnett location. We've got Scott Maxim and Ashley Frasca back in the studio keeping us going there as well. If you didn't get your question today answered, go to my website, WalterReeves.com. Follow me on Facebook or in Twitter. And we'll see you again back in the studio next time for another edition of Lawn and Garden. <laughs>